0: Sci-Fi Diner Podcast. I'm one of your hosts, Scott Herzog. Good
1: evening.
2: I am Miles B. McLaughlin. I'm Percy Raffensperger.
0: And we have with us tonight, guys, a very special guest. Probably, Miles, arguably the most returning guest on the show, um, who's been with us from the beginning. In a lot of ways, Miles, you would agree Sci-Fi Diner exists in part because of an invitation that this man gave us to attend the convention, which we'll eventually be talking about in this show. Am I right, Miles?
2: The contributions of Mike Schilling and the uh, Shore Leave Convention cannot be overstated.
0: Yes, absolutely. So, Mike, uh, welcome welcome once again to the show.
1: Oh, thank you so much. I'm so very happy to be here. Boy, you guys are really turning my head with all those compliments. There. <laughs> well, you know,
0: it, it, in a lot of ways, Mike, when we started, when we first contacted you, we were you know, all those many years ago, we were working under the title Dining at the End of the Universe. That was, that was when we came to our very first shore leave, that was it. But. Right, when, new to the internet, right? Yeah. And when, um, and when we got talking, he said, you know, if you're coming, why don't you do some interviews? And it changed, number one, it changed the direction of our show. We became a more interview-centric show to some degree, um, and then changed the title. And we've been the Sci-Fi Diner ever since the first Shore Leave, or soon after the first Shore Leave.
2: And those celebrity uh, guest interviews have helped us uh, draw more listeners.
0: Yeah, absolutely. So we appreciate everything that Shore Leave has done. And and hopefully, likewise, we've returned the favor by drawing people's attention to Shore Leave like we're going to do tonight.
1: Well, we certainly do appreciate it. You guys have been uh, tremendously helpful to us and you've been a great um, partner to us. And we're, we're very grateful to, you know, and very happy to continue that relationship on into the future. Yeah.
0: Yeah. So Chrissy, Chrissy, just so you know, that's, that's everything we said about Mike is true. I mean, he's literally the most returning guest ever on the show. So.
1: I would believe it. Don't yeah. you don't you have anybody better to get? <laughs> uh,
0: uh, I don't know. This guy keeps contacting me year after year saying, "Hey, let's do it shortly. I'm just kidding now." It's, it's we really do have a good time and it's good conversations. I feel I don't know about Mike that we have and many times sometimes different topics, sometimes a little bit more general, but but in the end it's 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 a good time. Good times had by all, so.
1: Well, it's it- you know, I think you guys could tell right from the very beginning, and I think Chrissy probably already knows this having talked to me for five minutes, but, uh, basically, even if it wasn't my position on the Shore Leave Committee to, to tell people about the convention, I would probably still be doing this because yeah. it's just simply, one, it's such a huge part of my life yeah. since the mid-80s, actually, believe it or not, and it's just simply how I'm wired. I find something I'm very, very passionate about, and I can just go on and on about it. So I need you guys to grab a hold of me and say, you know, hey, Mike, I think that's enough. Our hour is <laughs> yeah, up for tonight. Right, right. I, right. I want to keep on going.
0: Yeah. Isn't that the truth? Isn't mid-80s. that Mid-80s. Yep. Absolutely mid-80s. Yeah, my,
1: my first shore leave was 1986. That was shore leave number eight at the time. Wow. Wow. So, do the math. Yeah. I I do
0: the mask very easily. There you go. There
1: you go. Well and I you know, I've never missed either. No matter what was going on in the world, I just never miss, you know, through through surgeries and you know, no matter what's going on, you know, things come and go, but the convention lives on, you know. That's how I feel about it he'll be in like a nursing home and he'll be insisting that they wheel him to the convention. You bet. <laughs> well, that's probably true. It's leaves still around. And if I can wheel myself to the hunt Valley Inn, that's exactly what I'm going to do. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you love. Plans in
0: place. Yeah. You know, it's, it's good to put that into your will. Very good. Uh, or into your last your your, whatever your last, your will and Testament. Right. Yeah. No, um, no, that's that would be like scattering the ashes. He's well, that, that that might also work, you know, when you're gone, just to always be a part of Shoreline, right?
3: Bonta has <laughs> the idea. He
0: scatter the ashes. Yes the ashes of Mike Schilling all over shortly. Uh, that's kind of taking a morbid turn well, here I'm a little not sure bit. not
1: how they feel about that. <laughs> <the> <laughs> end, but yeah. that's kind of a sweet idea. Actually. <laughs> but anyway, but, uh,
0: uh, but yeah, I've, I've just
1: basically always been there, whether I've been, yeah. um, just a regular member of the organization or when I first joined the committee and I, I was on the video department as it was called at the time. And, uh, and then about, uh, 12 or 14 years ago, I was asked to move up the publicity. And I remember saying to the con chair at the time, I said, but I've never done anything like that. I don't know what to do. And I say, believe me, Mike, with the way you talk, you're going to be great. I said, all right. Yep. And, then,
0: and here we go. And
1: the rest is history, as they say.
0: So uh, one of the things that I know Miles Christy, and I were talking about prior to the show is we wanted to find out a little bit. You, you obviously are passionate about the convention, and we're going to get there. But before we get there, we thought, give us a peek a little bit into Mike Schilling's science fiction world. Like, what is going on right now in the science fiction world that you're excited about besides Shore Leave? Huh. Hmm
1: see here. Very interesting question. Um, well, let's see. I always try to keep up with, um, the various, um, science fiction and fantasy movies that, that come out in the theaters. Um, you know, I don't watch too many newer shows as far as that are on regular channels, although I do watch the, you know, most of the uh, current uh, shows, uh, Trek shows that are streaming on Paramount Plus and the occasional show that appears on Disney, uh, Disney Plus, not necessarily all of them, but I try to keep up with what I can. Um, some I seem to enjoy, other ones I'm not so thrilled about, but um but I do watch uh, as many as I can possibly find time to do and um and so basically that's uh that's just something that I do on a regular basis even if I wasn't getting ready for the for the convention season you know I would still be you know looking forward to the various films that are coming out and seeing you know how people are reacting to them what kind of box office they're having and everything so that's just you know something else that I find you know great enjoyment in or um particularly with Paramount Plus as you know as it used to be called CBS All Access um something that I've really enjoyed with that although I don't enjoy the fact that they break in with commercials at the worst possible times um I guess I should have got the premium package I don't know right. but um it's also allowed me to kind of shy away from buying uh, box sets and just sort of catching up with certain seasons of uh, some of the older shows that I haven't seen for a while. In fact, just recently, I have just recently gone through the original animated series from the mid-70s. I hadn't watched that in the last couple of years. And um, I've been uh, re myself with Voyager. Um, I had not watched Voyager, to be perfectly honest, most of those episodes, since they first aired uh, back in the 90s, and I just kind of let it, you know, out of sight, out of mind, but in the last couple of years, I've started refamiliarizing myself with it, so I've been watching that on the on the streaming service, and before that, I was uh, getting caught up with uh, Enterprise. I hadn't watched a lot of those Enterprise episodes since they first aired. Um, so besides the newer shows that are just now streaming, I, you know, whenever there's an evening where say, you know, there's nothing really on, which let's face it, that's a pretty common thing these days. Um, I'll just, you know, turn the channel on and say, Hmm, I'm just going to, you know, go on to this next one. I know a lot of people, what they do is they binge, but what I literally try to do is I'll try to watch like one a day. One a day, one a day, every day. Next episode, next episode, and that does take a while when you have twenty six episode seasons. But oh, yeah. um, eventually, you you get through it all. Yeah. So I've I've been enjoying that too.
0: So I wanted to ask your opinion here. Uh, you mentioned Paramount Plus, and you're keeping up with most of the Star Trek shows. Um, what uh, what was your opinion of Picard season two? Because we had this discussion on the show, and I just wanted to get. Your thought. I well, loved it. Mike uh not Mike. Miles. Miles was a little bit eh about it, but
1: eh, well, I guess you gotta start with the negativity, I guess. Um I thought it started out with a very interesting concept and I enjoyed the first episode, but I really thought that it it slid heavily downhill after that. Um uh, a huge difference to me right now between Say Picard and Strange New Worlds is Strange New Worlds I'm actually looking forward to seeing. I literally can't wait to see what they're gonna come up with next. Although it does drive me a little bit crazy how they ignore canon, but don't get me started. We could I could do six hours complaining about that. But anyway, um but it if it wasn't really for Patrick Stewart and our our great respect for him and for everything he's meant to the Star Trek universe, I probably would have given up on it. Um, the show is just very dark, very dour. Um, I don't like having a show where so many of the characters are broken, Um You know, a lot of negativity. It's you know, this is more of a general problem. I feel with a lot of the Alex Kurtzman produced series that are running right now. Um, But it seems like Picard is the most egregious example of this. you know, I mean, they did say going in they would try to make it a lot more topical for for modern audiences, and they wouldn't be hamstrung by uh, the rules that govern broadcast TV as far as sex and violence and language and everything. So I kind of I kind of expected that was coming, to be honest. But I kept saying to myself. In the 24th century, they're not really supposed to be acting like this. You know, admirals are not supposed to be dropping F-bombs the last time I checked. I don't want to sound like a prude. Right. You know, it just doesn't seem like – let's just say that I don't believe Gene Roddenberry would approve – of a lot of this material. Um, I don't know if Kurtzman and the rest of the team at at Secret Hideout um, either never watch the original episodes, or they have and they just ignore it. Um, So... So, yeah, there there are bright moments. I mean, in the first season, you had that episode where we, we saw Riker's family and everything, and that was a, a joyous episode that we all, yeah, I'm sure, loved very much. But uh, on the whole, it, it's just too dark. It, you know, Discovery is a little better in that sense because I think the characters are stronger and um, I think it's slightly more positive. But I think card at times, at least for these first two years, is very, very dour. And that's why um, a show like Strange New Worlds, which is more episodic and I think is a lot more hopeful, um, I think that's why there's so much enthusiasm towards it. Plus, you've got Anson Mount in the lead that we all know, you know, we all knew from the first time we saw him in the second year of... Of discovery, I believe it was. Um, you know how what a fantastic job he was doing as Christopher Pike. So you know, with him at, at the helm, you know, I think a lot of people are very excited about the direction that show is is going. But yeah, I mean, it, it's not for everybody. I it does. You know, you you admire the storytelling technique and a lot of the acting and and the direction and certainly the special effects are wonderful, but you know sometimes i just i'm just kind of down by by a lot of it you know and maybe i'm just showing my age but i i'd like my trek to be a little bit more hopeful and a little bit more positive yeah. i i don't see why every episode has to be doom and gloom and it's the end of the universe as we know it i, I don't think trek necessarily has to be that way to be important
0: right Right. Anyway,
1: that's just me getting all my proverbial soapbox <laughs> I,
0: I, I see that. I see that. Well, so I imagine that also makes it that you aren't really any a, a extreme fan of Discovery either for that very reason.
1: Well, I, I, I've enjoyed Discovery quite a bit more than uh, Picard. That's because a lot of the characters are are strong i mean it can be very dark and somewhat violent at times yes but i think the characters are strong enough uh in most cases where you kind of look beyond that for the most part um i've you know just adored the character of saru since the very beginning you know right. i think that actor what's his name doug jones um does a magnificent job in that part um so i i think overall, you know, a lot of the acting is very good, and the the stories are good. But yeah, it can fall into that same trap where everything is, you know, one year it's this is going to destroy everything, and another year it's going to destroy the Federation and all that. I mean, lighten up just a little bit, please. I guess that's why people <laughs> like those short treks so much because they tend to be so much lighter. You know?
0: Right. No, I, 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 I hear you, and I, I, I agree. And Antimount Mount definitely is, not Antimount. Mount, Strange you Worlds is definitely a lighter show in that regard.
1: Oh, yes, definitely. And like I say, it's not that it's totally perfect. You know, you could always go on about, oh, Spock would never do this, or, you know, Chapel wasn't on the ship yet, or why are they dealing with Gorn when Kirk was the first one from – me growing up arena was the first time any of us had seen a gorn right now all of a sudden they're battling them in in strange new world so as usual they're they're twisting canon a little bit and as an original generation trek guy that i am i don't care for that very much but if you can get past that and just try to see the episode on face value you say you know hey this is very dramatic you know, so it's, you know, is anything ever going to be perfect? Not really, because let's face it, we Trek fans, we're a pretty picky lot. You know, I mean, we love picking things apart. It's just what we've always done as far back as I can possibly remember. But um, you can all, it doesn't mean that you can't appreciate it for what it does bring.
0: Right, right. You know, like,
1: right. so, I like yes. to say, Mike, I, I like to ahead. say,
2: uh, if you get four, Truck fans in a room, you'll get five different opinions.
1: Yep. Well, that's part of the fun of it. In my opinion, I like the fact that everybody has a different opinion of this, you know? Of course, if you get on YouTube, all five opinions are negative, but that's just how YouTube tends to be, you know? Since the last time we had our our, our annual segment, I've discovered the wonderful world of YouTube, really. And, you know, it seems like there must be a lot more uh, money when you um, do shows that are negative than saying how wonderful something is, you know? must get a lot more views that way, I suppose. Right. Then again, I'm not a YouTuber.
3: (laughs) You know, this is, this conversation is tickling a memory of a video I watched on YouTube. Speaking of that, I want to say maybe one or two years ago, um, about patterns that people see in media, especially when we have media that's supposed to like represent cultural ideals. um, Superhero movies were following the same sort of pattern that Westerns followed, and I bet if we would look and analyze Star Trek, it would follow the same sort of pattern where you start off with this more, I would say, like, bubbly ideal, and then as the genre goes through cycles, it usually ends up kind of going through this darker, grittier, like, almost like tainting of the heroes that we had before, and then it point. cycles back through. So, you know, we may just be going through this very natural cycle. Um, You saw, again, um, the video is specifically looking at Logan and X-Men and how that movie was very, very much in the same sort of vein as the, I don't want to say like the older, newer Westerns, but if that makes sense, um, the later Westerns that were coming out where it went from this representation of culture ideas to almost like an inversion of it. So well, that might be... I the point I
1: was trying to make before, Chrissy, and I apologize for interrupting you. Oh, but it's fine. First of all, I completely agree with the point you were making. Um, but my feeling towards this basically is... Um, i don't think something has to be hyper violent or hypersexual or or just extremely dark with very um dark, uh depressed, what I like to call broken characters, uh, in order to be somehow considered relevant for today's audiences. I think you can teach an important Star Trek lesson without really going that way. Um, that that's just that's just me. And I think a lot of that you really can't blame the actors for this. I think no. it's the writing. Um and what the producers are saying? Well, this is what's popular. This is what people want to see. Well, historically, that isn't really the way Star Trek presented its stories. Um, and I guess I'm just I'm just too old and set in my ways to really realize this is a new way. I remember I don't want to get off the subject too much. There's only just so much time. But um, not long ago, family and I went to see uh, the Batman, and. Um, and that that's a whole episode in and of itself, I think. And I'm sure you guys had a very lively discussion about that. Um, and I remember the family and I having a nice uh, discussion about the movie afterwards. And I, I kept commenting how much I admired the movie visually and how much I admired the acting. Um, but I kept making sort of a backhand compliment saying, wow. And I thought Tim Burton's Batman was dark. You know, this movie makes that look like sweetness and light, duckies (laughs) and bunnies on a pond. I'm also convinced that the next Batman movie is just going to be a black screen. Yeah, (laughs) I mean, how many different ways can you photograph a rainy night in Gotham? I mean, but my point was, I like the actors, I like the story, and visually it was brilliant, but where's the fun Where's the sense of magnetism, you know? And I guess it's a generational thing. You know, my family looked at me like, you know, what are you even talking about? And I said, this is just how I feel. Now, I didn't say it has to be like Adam West again. No one's going to want two hours and 45 minutes of camp. But, you know, to me, Batman should always be about, should always have some sense of fun about it. And it's just so dark you know, and I know that's the way the character was written and all that, so all you purists out there, you know, who've, you know, read your Bob Kane and you you know, read Frank Miller and everything, saying, But that's the way he's supposed to be and I said, Well, I I can respect that, but sometimes I think it gets a little too dark. I mean, You know, sometimes some of the the messages and the imagery hit a little too close to home, and this is supposed to be escapism. But again, uh, I suppose it can be a generational thing. You know, that's just how I felt about it. So I'm sorry for getting off topic a little bit, but I wanted to give you another example of how – Basically, um, what's popular at the time, it, like like you said, Chrissy, it comes and goes and cycles, and that just seems to be, seems to be the the flavor of the month at the time.
3: Yeah. Right, and and I definitely wish that we would have a little bit more. Um, like I like I like respecting source material and things like that, but at the same time, I also do enjoy because of my profession. I do enjoy like seeing broken characters, but not necessarily like. You don't have to break every character, guys. Just, just a couple of them.
1: <laughs> that's, that's true. I mean, can't anybody be reasonably well-adjusted? I remember when the first couple years of Next Gen was on the air, okay? Uh, 87, 88, 89, before the show really started taking off in the third and fourth season. And everybody just seemed so perfect and so good. And that would just drive me up a wall saying, oh, come on. I know this is what Gene Roddenberry said about the, per- the perfectibility of human beings but, you know, these characters can be boring, too, you know, and now it's swung totally the other way. Now everybody's got all kinds of problems. I'm going, whoa, 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 whoa. You know, that's a little too much, so I guess you just can't please everybody. But speaking of the um, cast from um, Discovery and everything, uh, I'd like to bring up a real quick short leave memory that I think would give... For any of you out there who haven't heard my tender, melodious voice on this show before, um, might give you a good idea of the kind of things that happen at Shore Leave, if I may.
0: Yeah, absolutely.
1: Okay. well, um, I'm sure that I don't know if you were there at the time, Chrissy, but Miles and uh, Scott, I'm pretty sure you were there, although I'm not sure you actually saw this happen at the 2019 show, our last live show before COVID hit and the world changed. OK, among our guests that year were Nichelle Nichols, Ethan Peck and Anson Mount. Uh-huh. I um, was walking up and down the main ballroom hallway uh-huh. I guess I was do, I was in between a couple of various duties, or maybe I was between a couple of panels. I'm not sure. I was watching everybody uh, come over and give their respect to Nichelle Nichols. What an amazing sight. Everybody from five-year-old little ones all the way up to 80-year-olds all came over to give respect to Nichelle Nichols for what she's done for us and how important she is um, to the Star Trek universe. And... While I'm watching uh, her react to all these different kinds of fans, overcomes, I have I have no idea if this was planned or not. It just kind of happened and I was in the right place at the right time. Overcomes Ethan Peck and Anson Mount sit sitting beside her, one on the left, one on the other, and they just started talking to her. I mean, it was just such an amazing thing to see. I don't know if it was planned or not, but it was just a beautiful thing. To see, and i like to think that you know these are the little things that you see at a convention like Shore Leave that you may not see at uh, at a professional con with fifty seventy five thousand people there. Um, but that's one of my all-time favorite memories, not just having Nichelle there before she she gave up going to conventions and everything, but to have them come over and give her respect like that, to understand who was there before you in the Star Trek universe. Um, that was a, a glorious moment. And uh, like I say, Scott Miles, I don't know if you saw that happen, but it was, I guess, just a matter of being in the right place at the right time.
0: Yeah. I did not.
2: I'm not— I don't remember that, but I uh, just want just just to add to people showing you know paying their respects. Uh, a good friend of mine uh, came to the convention. Huge Star Trek fan, especially you know original series. Uh, but uh, you know he he bought a dozen roses and, and you know gave her a dozen roses with you know nice Star Trek card on there because you know he just oh you know, my. He, he paid. He, you know, he wanted to pay his respects to Michelle Nichols and, you know, this was probably might be the last time he would see her and uh, just, you know, you know, and, you know she, she deserved every, every bit of uh, all the respects uh, paid to her that. That and
1: she wasn't in very good shape even then, as you recall, but I didn't see her tire. I didn't see her be rude to anybody. Everybody who wanted to talk to her, you know, she would hold their hand and smile at them. I mean, she made so many people's day just like she always was. You know, it was just a glorious thing to to see. It really warms your heart seeing it. So, uh anyway, perhaps slightly off topic, but I think I tied in with Anson Mouth and Ethan Peck who were you know, with us um, you know, at the last live show we had. And that's a, a special memory I wanted to to share.
0: <laughs> no, absolutely, absolutely. Well, since you uh, mentioned shore leave, this might be a nice segue to talking a little bit about shore leave and what we can be looking forward to this year. Uh, Just one little note before we do that. You mentioned Anson Mount. That was the year, Miles, I think, that we interviewed Anson ahead of time, right? Anson and Sean Ashmore? Um, Or was it Aaron Ashmore?
2: We, you we interviewed i think it was Aaron Ashmore but we actually interviewed him and
0: oh ethan ethan Peck ethan Peck yeah
2: and then is. but i i got, I was very fortunate uh I got a chance to talk to uh mr mounts for a few minutes and he said hey I, I do a podcast and I said really so do I and um you know uh we had a nice conversation he said well you know if if I could do it I, I'd be happy to be, you know do an interview on in your podcast sometime and i said i would love that so he gave me his contact information and uh a few months after shore leave we got a chance to talk to uh nansen um, mount which was great
0: yeah absolutely. absolutely fantastic yeah so um why don't you go in let's let's start obviously let's start with the the details shore leave is occurring when and where this year
1: well, it's July 15th, 16th, and 17th at the old Hunt Valley Inn in Hunt Valley, Maryland, as it has been for 40 of its 40, of the 42 years of its existence. Okay, Um I'm not sure what else to call it because some years they call it Marriott and some years it's Wyndham and some years it's Delta. I think its official name is Delta Hotel by Marriott. But just to make it easy, call it the Hunt Valley Inn. That's what all the rest of us call it anyway. So July 15th through 17th at the Hunt Valley Inn, three days. so it's as we're recording this it's a little more than 6 weeks away and let me tell you when I first found out uh, it was last fall when word came down from the um our convention chairs that we were going to try to quote unquote go live again this coming year people could practically hear me jumping six, eight feet in the air because, yes, we only skipped two years uh, to do surely 41.5 and 41.6, the virtual versions of Shorely. But to me, it may have been three years since the last show, but to me, it seems like 30 because, and again, I've covered this in great detail before, When when the convention is such a huge part of your life and the people that you see there are also a huge part of your life and... Even though it makes perfect sense to skip it for obvious reasons, especially in 2020 when nobody could get together. Even if we wanted to, legally we couldn't have anyway because you couldn't have gatherings back then. Um, so it seems like a whole lot longer. So I was so, you know, very, very excited when I heard that we were going to, you know, give this a try again. Ever since word got out and we were given the green light to tell people that we were going to have a live show again. I've been telling folks that it's going to be the biggest fandom reunion you've probably ever seen. You know? So that's been my my tagline for it ever since then. Because people have been chomping at the bit to get back into a, a surely frame of mind, so to speak, ever since then.
0: Right. Yeah. So very good. So we have Shore Leave happening. Now obviously since COVID has come and gone, sort of, uh it's caused sort of, yeah. yeah. It's caused Shore Leave to say, okay, we it's business as usual. However however, we want to make sure that we're being prudent in all this. Explain some of the steps that Shore Leave uh, what Shore Leave is doing to kind of maybe ensure the safety of its gas?
1: Well, um, I would strongly recommend everybody go to the official website, shore dash okay? The COVID policy is right on the main page as far as you know, specifics and word-for-word and everything. So I strongly recommend anybody who's thinking about joining us to take a look at that before delving any further into the website. Um, But basically the gist of it is, okay, we are not going to require people wear masks unless, you know, there's some kind of major change between now and six weeks from now. But uh, if people want to wear them, they are welcome to, but we are not going to require it. However, uh, we are insistent that everybody show proof of vaccination before they will be allowed to register. And that includes me, that includes you guys, that includes our guest stars, all our helpers, all our support staff, everybody. There's going to be a uh, table, the the tables are going to be lined up a little bit differently this year, guys, than you're used to seeing in past years, okay? A lot of the tables are going to be on that main floor as you go in those sliding main entrance doors, okay? There's going to be a spot where people need to show their their little card, okay, showing they've been vaccinated. Then once that's done, um, they'll probably either give you like a little sticker or, a hole punch or something like that i'm not quite sure how they're going to do it at this point but once that is checked off you'll be able to pick up your badge okay now as far as what individual actor guests are doing i think that's going to be very much up uh much up to the individual actors i know some have shown an interest and in maybe like having like a Perhaps a plexiglass partition. Some may be doing that, but this may change between now and six weeks from now. Especially our, our more elderly guests may wish to have extra protection for obvious reasons. Um everybody is still doing photo ops this year, but I don't know if there's really going to be a partition between those getting the photo and uh the actual guests. Again, it's gonna be up to the individual actors. Some are being more um you know, more direct about it than others. Right. Um, naturally, we're going to do everything we possibly can to allay everybody's fears. But yeah, the general gist is of it, uh, we recommend everybody, um, you know, bring their own hand sanitizer and, and have that at the ready. But yeah, we are at this point, we are not requiring masks, but we are insisting that everybody show proof of vaccination before they're able to go into the, the convention areas proper. Um, uh-huh. That is the basic uh, gist of how it's looking at this point. Of course, we have to follow whatever policy uh, Baltimore County and the state of Maryland sets up. If there's any changes between now and then, of course, we are bound to follow that. But. Heading down to the last um, home stretch, so to speak. That's the way it's looking right now. Right. What kind of attendance we'll have this year, it's hard to say. I have to admit that from the time we announced that we were going live again, I kind of assumed we would sell out easily. I really don't know what, honestly, to expect this year. I'm hoping we'll have a, an amazing crowd, and I think we will, but I think a lot of people are still kind of nervous. A lot of our brother and sister conventions have been trying to have gatherings. I've attendance has not been what it ideally could have been in uh, in other times. Right. Um, but, uh, we are definitely hoping for the best here and we are preparing to have the best show we can possibly have.
0: Yes. I mean, and what, what more, what more can you ask for? Right. But I just want to clarify just one thing because I think this has come up in some of the conversations. When you bring your vaccination, vaccination card, what you're looking for is you're looking obviously for the initial shot and then you want the first booster. I think needs to be a part of it, at least according to the website. So. So it's the shot and then one booster, but you don't need to have have, got, have gotten your second booster yet if you don't got it. If you have it, great.
1: Um, I do not uh, believe that is the case. Yeah. I know some of our... Um um, committee members have gotten theirs, but i I could not say exactly who, so I don't believe that's some that we're going to absolutely require. I think they're just going to require really those first um those f- first two shots and possibly one booster but yeah. but to be absolutely sure instead of just taking my word for it, I strongly recommend everybody uh keep a close eye on the covid policy on the Website. Yep. Um, I think that would be a very good idea, but I'm pretty sure that's the way it's looking right now.
0: So let's, it, it's been, it's been a couple years since we, but here we are now. Let's, uh, COVID is a thing. We realize we're going to have to deal with it. But, but, but Mike, you have some fantastic guests coming this year. Do you want to tell us a little bit about, uh, some of the guests that are coming down to Shoreleave? Because for me, I'm looking at this saying, I am excited that we are going to shore leave this year. Tell me why I'd be excited about that.
1: All right. Well, I'm looking at the uh, flyer right now. Okay. And just going left to right as they appear on the flyer in no particular order. Okay. The first guest we have on there is a gentleman named Brandon Ralph. Did you ever see Superman Returns? Oh, yeah.
0: I have not, Chrissy. Did you see Superman Returns?
1: I'm pretty sure I did at some point. (laughs) Okay, in fact, didn't he just recently return to that role on a on a different show, or was it just an animated Um, uh, version of the superheroes?
2: He did reprise his role, Superman. I think this was last year, whenever they did uh, Crisis, the the Crisis storyline on the uh, CW on on the the Arrowverse shows. Yes, he, he, play, he played his character, um, you know, the Adam, but he also played, you know, in, in one, in a couple episodes, he also played, you know, a Superman from another universe. But basically the Superman he played in the, um, the movie he
1: did. Uh, second on our list is a returning guest from last year. Um, did any of you take part in surely 41.6 last summer when we were all virtual?
0: I I saw some of the panels afterwards, but I did not did not attend live.
1: Same here. Um, but one of the guests who jumped in for us and agreed to be part of our virtual convention last year, and by the way, real quick, I want to give a major shout out to our tech crew for pulling that together last year. The virtual convention in 2020 was basically just a dry run. It was just like one or two things on Friday, Saturday, and Sunday just to see how it's done, but for the show last year, Pretty much anything that you could do virtually, we were able to do last year with just a smattering of tech people. I still haven't figured out how they did it. Not as good, of course, as, as seeing all your, your friends in person, but it was still an amazing time. So I give them all the credit in the world for pulling that off. Anyway, one of the guests who joined us last year was incredibly popular. She was asked to come back in, you know, Come back in person this year. She's agreed to join us, and that's Amy Garcia, uh, mainly known for her roles in the series Lucifer and Dexter. Okay, um, she was tremendously popular last year, and we're very very glad to have her back in person this year. Um, another actor who was with us last year for the virtual shore leave, who's coming back again this year, is the famous character actor Adam Baldwin. Okay, uh, famous for appearing in such shows as Firefly and Chuck and the recent show The Last Ship. Um, I tend to think of other... Non-genre roles for him myself, like Stanley Kubrick's Full Metal Jacket, or one way back 40-some years, a little movie called My Bodyguard, I think it was called. Wow. Of course, that goes back a little bit. So he's had a very varied career over the years. So he's joining us as well. Yeah,
0: Independence Day as well.
1: That's right. Oh, how could I forget that? You know? Is is that is that glass bulletproof? No, sir. So, um you know he's the one who got to shoot the alien that was attacking poor Brent Spiner there. Um let's see. Now a uh, a guest who, who's just able to join us Saturday and Sunday this year. Um, she's filling in for uh, one of the guests who regrettably uh had another commitment so had to cancel. But this is a major feather in our cap in my opinion. And that's Summer Glau. Did I pronounce her name right? You Summer
0: certainly Glow? did.
1: Um, I remember seeing her in uh, Firefly and she was in the film version Serenity too, wasn't she? Oh yeah. She certainly was. Yeah. Yeah. And the, um, the My, h- my heart my, my
0: my heart's palpitating right now. Keep talking Mike
1: boys <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so <laughs> out shit. there. <laughs> um, So she was also, I believe, in the uh, Sarah Connor Chronicles.
0: Absolutely.
1: And uh, also from Arrow. So she's just appearing Saturday and Sunday. Okay. Now, uh, another actress that is, uh, you may have heard about her. Uh, Let's see if you've heard of her or not. Gates McFadden. Uh, she's appearing on Saturday and Sunday only as well. Wow. Now, this goes back a little bit for me because the last time I saw her on a Baltimore convention stage, and if someone catches me, you know, saying I'm wrong, then you're welcome to point it out to me. But I remember seeing her back in 1990. It wasn't a shore leave, though. It was one of our brother conventions okay, that took place in the fall, okay, and uh, so literally the last time I've seen her on a convention stage in Baltimore was when Next Gen was still on the air. So it's been quite a while since she's made a return to Baltimore. So we're all absolutely thrilled
0: absolutely. to have her back.
1: Now, of course, Miss McFadden is staying extremely busy these days, not only with convention appearances, but she's become, I understand, quite the podcaster herself, okay? And she did a magnificent job with that um, series on the History Channel, The Center Seat. Did any of you see The Center Seat? I did not. Uh, I'm not familiar with that. But uh, that was an excellent series uh, off of the History Channel. She was the the host of that as well. Now, another uh, actor that joined us just recently... Um, because of some of the other actors who regrettably had to cancel. We have Les Alonso. Now, he's, uh can be seen these days in the very popular series, The Boys. Uh, he was in Fast and Furious, playing Phoenix. And he was one of the characters in James Cameron's Avatar. I can't really pronounce the name of his character, and I'll just butcher it brutally if I try to say it right now. But I'm sure he'll have very interesting things to say um, about—you okay
0: over there? (laughs) I am. Sorry. (laughs) Just drop drop the mug.
1: Okay. I hope everybody's okay. Um, But I'm sure he'll have interesting things to say about— working around James Cameron and you know, the kind of things he puts his actors through. So I'm sure I'll have interesting things to say. Um also another actor who's seen in The Boys, uh Jesse Usher, is joining us as well. Besides the boys, he was also in Level Up and he played um the role of um of will smith's uh son in Independence Day resurgence that's right as well so uh, so that's two representations you know from uh from the boys i hear this this show is excellent uh ha- have you been watching the boys i have
0: yeah i um, have not
1: could you tell me real quick what that's all about
2: well it's uh it's an exploration of what if you know, are, are, what if what if this world had superheroes and you know the superheroes, they have this very positive facade, but there's some chinks in their armor, some cracks, and it's starting to sound like Watchmen. It it, it kind of has a bit of a, yeah a Watchmen vibe. Um, I when I watched the first one, I thought, wow, these, these are some horrible people. But then I kept hearing how good it was, so I, I watched it again. I enjoy it. But um, it, it's, you know, it, it's a darker exploration of, you know, what, you know, these people, these, these people's superpowers um, can do, will do. And because um, they're kind of left unchecked because uh, um, they're, you know, they're you know, they're these really super beings. But um,
1: like who watches the watchers, right? Yeah. Right. That kind yeah. of an idea so uh carl urban
2: he 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 he's he, he's in it um yeah it's i, I enjoy it but i'm just going to tell you, you know it's you're 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 expressing concern over somehow some shows have gotten really dark it is kind of a dark exploration of uh if 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 if, if like superheroes if they decide you know if they they're, they're, they haven't gone rogue but They've come close, and you know they've done some, you know, less than honorable things, and uh, uh, um, that's that, that's what the boys is about.
3: Yeah, I watched the first episode or two. Um, yeah, I didn't. I didn't like the
1: the opening for the for some uh, of it. Sure. Back to a little bit more sweetness and light, and I, too, appreciate you guys explaining mm-hmm. it to me, but I'd heard so many good things about the show, and I wanted to learn more about it. Um, another actor that really times in well for, I mean, a little while ago I mentioned my recent uh, surge of interest in Voyager. Well, Tom Paris himself, Robert Duncan McNeil, is joining us, um, Mr. McNeil besides being Tom Paris was in Chuck he was in 24 and he also like so many um, Star Trek alum become became quite a great director as a matter of fact in his own right so uh, like his co-star in Voyager uh, Roxanne Dawson who became a great director as well um, that pretty much is what occupies his time these days he's become a very good director and uh, I've heard that aren't the people that um, did the what we left behind documentary aren't they finishing up the same kind of documentary for voyager
2: there is, i don't know if it's the exact same group that made that one but i know that they are make they they are making a voyager documentary somebody's making a, doc, a voyager documentary
1: so yeah it was another one of those big kickstarter campaigns right where people yes. you know would kick in money and everything and get the film produced just like it was for ds9 so i think uh there's going to be uh, probably quite a bit of talk about Voyager at this year's edition of Shore Leave. Now, another very special guest that we have coming this year is no stranger, not only to uh, the Star Trek universe and to uh, genre entertainment universe, but also she's come to Shore Leave before in the past and uh, made quite an impression upon people. And although um, she's one of our more elderly guests, somehow I doubt that has slowed her down one bit. Uh, Miss Barbara Luna, Okay. From the original uh series episode Mirror Mirror. Of course she was Corey. Um you know, the doomed wife of Hawk and Buck Rogers in the 25th century. And of course, the, um, the flyer even mentions her Roland Zorro all the way back in 1958. So this is an actress who's basically worked with everybody in Hollywood or seemingly everybody. And what I remember from the last time she was there, um, great sense of energy, um, great magnetism, great kindness, great love for the fans and, uh, yeah, I'm just thrilled to to have her back at Shore Leave again. Um, and our uh, last, what I like to call above the title guest this year, is Shore Leave veteran Eddie McClintock. I think I've seen him at three or four Shore Leaves so far. Um, people must keep asking for him because he keeps on coming back. People just love the guy uh, from his roles on Warehouse 13, Supergirl, and Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. And I think he was also one of our virtual guests last year as well. So those are our ten, what I call above the title, guest stars that are currently scheduled to appear at Shore Leave. And of course, there's really no time for it, but as you well know, Shore Leave is well known for having a, shall we say, a plethora of professional writer guests, uh, a plethora of established scientists uh, from up and down the East Coast. And what's especially, uh, if you're interested in the uh, science programming track, now that the James Webb Science Telescope is ready to um, ready to roll, so to speak, um, there's going to be a lot of excitement about that, and I'm sure we're going to have speakers up there talking about what the Webb Telescope is looking to do. And of course we have our performance artists that you're used to seeing at Shore Leave over the course of years. Um the Boogie Nights, Luna Sea, the Chromatics, okay, people like that are scheduled to appear that you you tend to see at Shoreleave and other local conventions over the last, you know, some of them are more recent, some of them go back about as long as I've been going, actually. They're just part of the uh, fabric that makes surely what it is. Sometimes I wonder where, how we find rooms for all these folks. You know, right. you know how they all fit into the Hunt Valley Inn. Let me tell you, uh, it must be quite a challenge. So um, I like to tell people that um, a good tagline for this year's show might be: "It's everything you come to expect and a little bit more." So I think that might be a good summarization of what we're going to have this year. Um, Since the final schedule is certainly not ready yet, I'd be very reluctant to give any further specifics as to what else we're going to have. But there are a lot of very interesting things that have been discussed at the committee meetings this year. Um... Uh, what sometimes is difficult is that if the hotel is having some renovations or some of the programming rooms are not available to us like they have in the past, it becomes increasingly difficult for our programming uh, department to find room for everything that people want to do. But all the things that that people come to expect out of, surely, the memorabilia rooms, the gaming, the... uh Fan film showings, the workshops, um, the art show and auction, ten-forward masquerade, karaoke, and of course, tons and tons of panels. You may get sick of seeing me down there this this year, you guys, because I think I've turned in a whole bunch of ideas for panels, and I think I'm on almost all of them. So you're literally going to see me running from one panel to the next all weekend long. So they've got me booked up solid. Um, So believe me, there is going to be, you know, definitely something for everybody to enjoy, you know, at this year's edition of Shoreleaf.
0: That's awesome. So I so I do have a question for you uh, along with that. Uh, are we still doing uh the artists the art like the they all like meet the pros Friday night is that still a plan?
1: Yes, we most certainly are. Um things the uh, alignment might be a little different as far as where we have room for everything, but yes, there definitely will be a meet the pros again this year. You know, so you can, you guys can certainly count on that. Let me tell you, I know it's usually what, like, um, I think it's like what, ten p.m. on Friday night most
0: yeah, years. Yeah, it's, it's it's later. Do you remember? Uh, do you remember uh, Miles?
1: I thought nine p.m., ten p.m. That sounds about right. Right. Yep. But, yeah, we're definitely, we're definitely going to uh, have that again this year, you guys. So Good. don't you worry about that. Sometimes it's a little bit challenging, like I say, for programming to find room for everything that people want to do because people are always sometimes literally at the last second come up with these wonderful ideas of things they'd like to do. And I said, well, you know, well, that's great, but where are we going to put it, right? Especially if the uh, hotel is doing some renovation and there's, you know, not all the same numbers of rooms are available, so we're really going to have to get creative there. So we'll, we'll figure something out, believe me. No, absolutely. But uh, I always try to tell folks who are newbies to the fan convention experience, I say what you need to do, if you're thinking about going, um, you know, if you're just going for one day or something, get there early. Please don't wait until 9.59 to try to register on Saturday. You might wind up missing a couple hours of programming and once you have your pocket program, find a quiet corner somewhere, and just start circling the different things you want to do, because you're going to very quickly find yourself wishing there were three or four of you. And that's the same thing that happens to me, too, you know. I mean, there there are so many things you want to do, and there's only one of you, right? So you find yourself having to make some really hard choices. That as far is as what you're going to do year to year. I can't tell you how for how long I've said to myself, this coming year, I'm going to watch a lot more of the science programming. This year, I'm really going to do it, right? Or this year, I'm really going to see this, and everybody tells me this is great, but I just keep missing every year. And then every year, something else happens, right? And I always wind up just missing it, right? So, you know, that's the problem when you have – you know 10 12 tracks going at the same time you know you have to you know decide for yourself well what am i going to do this year or can i move something to tomorrow is like you know can i see this Q and A on this day instead so i can catch this right so it can make for a very full weekend as i'm sure you're all very aware
0: Yeah, absolutely. And that was one of the beauties, you know, obviously we don't in any, in any way wish to go back to the virtual convention that we did the other years. But uh, the fact that they did them and then recorded them allowed me to go to every panel I wanted to go to, (laughs) you know, because (laughs) that
1: was a certain advantage. And like I say, you know, there's, I mean, that that's true. You you can circle back to it later. That you can't do it at a at a live show. And they yeah. they did a brilliant job. I yeah, mean, they it did. Was, they it did was a lot of fun, but yeah. it's not. It's it not doesn't. The same, it though, doesn't replace a friends in right. person, though.
0: Let me ask you that's this: true. Do, do you know do you know if Shore Leave has any plans to? Um, record some of the uh, thing some of the events and put them up online. I know that's not what shortleaves traditionally done um, but I was just wondering you know especially for those people that go and then are unable to make every single panel they want to make.
1: Um, well probably our convention chairs might be better people. To, to ask okay. a question like that, as far oh, as the yeah. long term, but yeah. I would say if I if I had to say off the top of my head, I don't think there's any immediate plans, and a lot of that has to do with tech issues like bandwidth that no. are a little bit over my head. To be perfectly yeah. honest, um, let's just say the Hunt Valley Inn is a rather aged hotel.
0: Yeah, the, okay, uh, the it goes Wi-Fi. Back the Wi-Fi. <laughs> at least the sixties. Yeah, the Wi-Fi and in there is not to be. Uh, Worship by any means, so
1: right. And I, you know, we adore the Hunt Valley Inn. It has been our home for every year. Uh, Chrissy, in case the guys didn't tell you before, but every year except Shore Leaves one and eight, we have always been at the Hunt Valley Inn always all right and it's like a second home to us literally and um for better or for worse but the problem is that hotel is a, it's an older hotel i don't know the exact year it opened um scott miles do you happen to know did you ever look up uh, how old that hotel is and i think it goes don't. back to the 60s yeah but yeah, basically sure. when the hotel was built they weren't thinking about bandwidth that's that's the problem and no well, what were they doing
3: back then hotel. not thinking about these things
0: i know come on it was the it was you know, the dawn of computers uh,
1: <laughs> i know very short-sighted a very yes. short-sighted clearly so that's so like i say i a lot of this is technical aspects that i don't To be quite candid, I don't understand, but it would be, shall we say, quite challenging
0: to to try
1: to do that without major uh, upgrades that would have to be put in in place to make that work. I'm not saying that this may be uh, somewhat different in the future, but as of right now, I do not believe so. But, hey, you never know. You never know what the future might bring.
0: No, absolutely. Absolutely. Well, Mike… I know that we have uh, we have registration, early registration that's actually happening right now. Um, we, we're, we're about we're actually at our hour here almost, and so before we get there, let's just real quickly. Can you tell people again if they want to register early? When when do they have to be registered by to get like the early early bird kind of registration, and um, and where can they do that? Well, the best
1: to do that is to get on, like I say, the official website, short leavecom okay, and uh, you either can still send in a check or money order by mail if you prefer to do it the old-fashioned way and print out the flyer and fill it out and send it in with your check or money order with the information on the back filled out, or, of course, you can just go to the website and do everything right there off of the site, Yes, you, know, so you can do it that way too. Now the cutoff for pre-registration is June 15th, okay? Now, even though we're going to have a good crowd this year, as of right now there are individual single day and full weekend memberships available. Okay, which will be available at the door at a slightly higher price. Okay, nice. so they are going to be available, but for those who uh, can't uh, pre-register for the weekend for whatever reason, I would strongly recommend for those of you listening out there who aren't already familiar with shore leave, please don't wait to the last minute. Um, the registration hours. Are probably already up on the website now, I recommend getting there early so you don't miss a lot of programming waiting in line, plus of course, this year with the extra step of having to show your your vaccination materials too, and then registering so getting here early is is really critical, if especially on Saturday, if you're going to to do that way, so I would recommend that very strongly. Um, to to folks who are thinking about joining us for the first time this year.
0: No, absolutely. And I couldn't agree more. Um, So uh, again, just a reminder, we're looking at the third weekend in July, the uh, 15th through the 17th at Hunt Valley Shore Leave. It is Shore Leave 42, which is the answer to life, the universe and everything in it. So yeah, I think I actually
1: put that at the bottom of my uh, press release. I wasn't, <laughs> I wasn't sure how many people were going to catch that. Um, I guess uh, you have to be a, a fan of Mr. Uh, Douglas Adams' work to, to get that little in-joke right there. This is actually the third year. We've called it surely 42, you know, because, you know, we skipped those two years. But since there never really was a 42, we just keep it at 42. That's why the numbers seem a little strange. Yep. But – um But yeah, this is surely 42 for real now. And um, like I say, I hope um, for those of you out there who are listening to this podcast, who've joined us before, I'm looking forward to seeing everyone there. And for those of you who are just thinking about it, and you may not really have, you might have heard about surely, but you've never had the chance to come before. This is a great opportunity to see what you know, what small scale fan run cons are all about, because let's face it, there's not very many of us left out there. Um, But for those out there who are just uh, experienced with what I call pro cons, you know, the big regional and, you know, national conventions with 50, 75, 100,000 people, this is definitely a different cup of tea. I mean, we, you know, it's an old hackney expression, but I like to say we have the best of both worlds. I mean, you know, you don't have to take my word for it. Just ask uh, you guys right there, right? You've been yeah. coming and and seeing me there for a great number of years. We offer basically the kind of programming that you see at a pro con, so it's big enough for that. And yet, the smallness of the hotel itself allows you to actually talk to people. You can actually uh, find an area where you can talk to a fellow fan and, and carry on a good conversation about what shows are on right now and what movies have just come out and what you do and don't like about genre entertainment right now. Yep. You know, that's why, um, the panels are so very important to me because I love that free exchange of ideas between fellow fans and, uh, doing it on the internet is a, a wonderful thing and, uh, the tools to allow you to do that are pretty incredible, but, um, there's something very special about these fan gatherings, um, yeah, no that sadly just aren't happening the way they used to. And, um. And where you know, we're able to actually meet up with your fellow fan and just, you know, basically have a party for three days. You know, what's wrong with that?
0: It is is, is one of the things I know that uh, Miles and I and uh, everyone else that comes with us that we are that we love coming to shortly because we it's a reconnection, not only with seeing the guests, but a reconnection with the friends that we have there. And so I couldn't agree more. A lot of
1: these people, you let's face it, you know, you might uh, run across them, say on social media, but you may not see them anywhere else during the course of the year, except when the convention rolls around. So, um, you know, these are, these are very important things. So anyway, I think I've already brought that that time up before but yeah, yeah it's it's going to be a great show and i'm looking forward to seeing you all there and um uh, it's it's going to be a great show i hope everybody out there listening on the sci-fi diner can is thinking about joining us as well
0: yeah absolutely and if you go make sure to uh if you see mike tell him you uh, heard about us in the diner and uh, obviously if we'll try it mike can't wait to see you again in person
1: so. all right the, the time is getting close and yep. it's uh gonna be here before before any of us know it so Absolutely. it's definitely been a long time we've been waiting for it and i think it's gonna be wonderful so I, I hope to see everybody there
0: well uh without further ado miles why don't you go ahead and take us out of the show all
1: right till next time good night
3: and
2: good luck
0: we'll see ya. oh sorry <laughs> do you want to do that again, Miles? Why don't you take us out of the show again? i have just spaced out.
2: All right. Till next time. Good night and good luck. We'll see
0: ya. Leave your tips on the table. There we go. <laughs>